Thank you, guys. You can be seated if you want me to turn in your Bibles, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, while you're turning your Bible, I want to tell you guys, thank you so much for all your text this week. The texts are awesome, but what the text says, I'm praying for you, and that's what I want to thank you for the most. Thank you for your prayers. For three Sunday mornings in a row, I've taken an oxycodone. You have to be able to stand here. The standing is the hardest part. Um, but I am a result of your prayers. I just want you to know that. I've not taken anything this morning. I don't have a back brace on. I know it looks like I have one under here, but I don't. That's all me. Um, but but it, it's, it's, it's greatly improved. It is a result of God's people praying. I want to ask you to continue to pray. Ms. Frieda had surgery on Thursday, still out on the fifth floor at Wellstar. Mr. Norman Smith, they picked him up by ambulance Friday morning. He's at fourth floor at Wellstar with another bad case of COVID. Um, Brother Larry Estes. Got some appointments still coming up. Still a lot of back pain, a lot going on there. I ask you to pray for Brother Larry. I want to ask you to go to faithlagrange.com. Pull up the prayer list and pray for those on there. I'm standing here as a result of your prayers. I greatly appreciate it, but there's a lot more that need our prayers. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves. To think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The text there is obviously written in the face of the Jews who are still pushing the law past Christ, but it is recorded and handed down to the church of today against a church that is still pushing things like legalism, still pushing man made laws. So I, I want to look this morning. We're, we're no longer under the dispensation period of the law. If anybody knows what that means, you'll say, thank you, Jesus. We are now in the dispensation period of grace. We're no longer held burden to the law, but we are saved by grace. And we live in this period, in this, this time of grace. And it is the spirit of grace that works in us so that others can see Christ through us. So I want to look this morning, kind of an extension of last week. Last week, we looked at the fact that you are important. Everyone here, you are very important. We looked at created for his glory this morning to be used by his hands. God, thank you so much, God, for being so incredibly good. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, God, for visions. Thank you for ministry, God. I pray you'd make us usable vessels. God, I pray for each person in this place, for each one on live stream, YouTube, wherever they may be. God, I pray right now that your spirit would reach out, Father. I pray you'd make each of us usable vessels. I pray you'd use us to reach the lost. I pray you'd use us to be a blessing to those that are hurting God, to give help to the helpless and hope to the hopeless. God, I pray you'd make us a usable church, Father, that you might use us to reach this town with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we just want to be pleasing to you. It is our purpose, God. We love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So the apostle Paul here, he makes it clear that he himself, and this is a pretty big statement, is the apostle Paul that does not feel sufficient of himself to reason or to have thought out the truths of the gospel. He says, those things are communicated by God. Now, although the apostle Paul is an amazing apostle, probably, possibly outside of Jesus Christ, the most amazing man in the Bible. I don't know. You got Joseph, you got Peter, you got a lot of names, but certainly an amazing apostle, but he is an incredible tool in the hand of God, the way that God used him to found churches, but to be a blessing to other people. And he, he says, I don't have the power to, to convince or to convert sinners. 
That is Christ and Christ alone. I don't have that ability, but he makes it clear that we are to be vessels of God, to be used by God. Now, John Gill in his commentary on verse number five, he says, though we are sufficient for this work to which God has called us and have such trust and confidence that he has blessed us and has done great things by us, yet we do not ascribe anything to ourselves or any power of ours to any sufficiency in us. For we're not sufficient of ourselves, neither for the work of the ministry, nor for the conversion of sinners, nor for the faith and hope in God, nor for any spiritual work, whatever. No, not to think anything as of ourselves, any good thing, either for our own use and benefit or for the advantage of others. We're not able of ourselves to meditate with judgment and affection upon the word of God, to study the scriptures, to collect from them things fit for the ministry, much less with the freedom and boldness to speak of them to edification and still even less able to impress them upon the heart of others. What he says is we are nothing except in Christ. That's what the apostle Paul told us in Philippians 4.13 when he said, I can do what? All things through Christ which strengthens me. The, the key phrase, the key component of that is through Christ. By ourselves, there's nothing that we can do, but through Christ, we can accomplish all things. Jesus clarified it in John chapter 15, verse number four. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So through him, we can do all things. And without him, we can do nothing. So, so let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you in here right now, you have the ability to, let's just make it your car. That'll make it more interesting. To take your car completely apart, piece by piece. So that no two pieces are left together. I'm talking about the computers, the dash, everything in there. Take the motor completely apart, the transmission, the front end, rear end. Everything on the car has to come apart. No two pieces are left put together. And then you have to put it all back together in perfect running order. How many can do that? Put them back together? Getting it apart has its challenges, but I agree. We're going to look at some tools that will help us get it apart. But you got to be able to put it back together to complete things. So the reality is we've got some incredible mechanics. We've got some in this church. Even the best mechanic tell you that's a pretty tall order to do by yourself. Sometimes it just requires two people to help lift it or one on top, one below. Just a lot of things requires work. But, but let, let me ask you this. If I took these tools that are under here and, and we handed one tool to everybody in here. Now, everybody has a tool. They're all different. But everybody has one. And we pull the car here and the master mechanic comes up and he looks at these three bolts and he says, these three bolts are a nine sixteenths. I need them loosened. Who's got the nine sixteenths? Could, if you had the nine sixteenths, could you then just come up and just turn those three bolts? Anybody? It gets a lot simpler with a multitude of people and a multitude of tools, right? So, so to, to do the task requires a, a master mechanic, somebody really with some smarts and some ability. But, but if we all just have our part, it, it becomes a, a lot simpler. So we looked last week at the fact that everybody is important and everyone has a job to do 
for the glory of God. Every one of us are part of something way bigger than ourselves. We're, we're, we're not the only thing Christ has got. We're part of the church. The question is, are we doing our part? We're all part of, of something. No one is without a purpose in this life. And no one is without a purpose in this church. Each one of us are tools in the hand of God. He has a specific work for each one of us. Remember, we looked at last week. He designed us separately. You have your own fingerprints, your own DNA. You are independent. You are your own wrench, your own tool. You're exactly what God has designed you to be and to be that and nothing else. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the Bible tells us that whatever we find to do, do it with all your might. You know what that means? It doesn't matter if it's a great big task. It doesn't matter if, if God wants to take Craig. I told him when we were talking, I said, for all you know, in five years from now, you may be fixing 3,000 Thanksgiving meals to hand out. By the same token, in five years from now, you and four others may be going over there and feeding 15 people. Praise God for whichever it is. But whatever it is, do it. Whatever it is that God gives you to do, no matter how big, you know, I talked about it sometime over that in the past couple of weeks. The reason so many ministries fail, so many Sunday classes, Sunday school classes fail, so many things fail is because people want to start out too big. You think it's got to be about thousands. No, it doesn't. It's got to be about the one person standing in front of you that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The ministry is about one. It's not about thousands. The thousands come, praise God, but the ministry is about each one reach one. The ministry is about whatever you do, do it with all your might. Do it to the best of your ability. That text tells us that, that to work while we can, because the time's coming when no man can work. It, it says that, that there is no work in the grave. And all of us are headed in that direction. Now, of course, that's all paraphrased, but the message there is clear. Do what we can while we can. That, that is the ministry. The message of Jesus Christ for the children of God is, is all about works. Not work for your salvation. You didn't work to get your salvation. And it doesn't matter to me what that background I had in church says. You don't have to work to keep your salvation. The same God that washed away your sins before you got saved is the same one that washes away your sins after you got saved. Salvation is not about works to get saved. Salvation is not about works to, 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 to work to stay saved. Salvation is the free gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But the work is about after we have been saved. The work is everything to do after we become the child of God. James said in chapter 2, verse 17, Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. I'll show thee my faith by my works. See, others see Christ in us by our works, by how we live, by how we treat others. Others see Christ in us by, by how we serve God with our time. We've talked about it before. What we put our time into, that's what's important to us. We're going to invest time into whatever matters. So others see Christ in us by, by how we spend time. When we're saved, we become children of God. And as children of God, it is our responsibility to do the Father's will. Luke chapter 9, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. He left these words for you and I about the work because we have 
a mission. The church has a mission, but the church is us. This building is a building, and you vacate it, it's an empty building. It's the church when you come in, but it's the church when you go out. It's the church that we come in and strengthen, and, and then we go back out. We, we have a mission to do. He left us with something to do. Is anybody still listening? I want you to hear this. As a child of the king, you are a royal ambassador on a mission from the king. That is your assignment as a child of the king. You are a royal ambassador with a note, with a mission, with a message, with a work from the king. We are tools in the hand of God. So I, I brought some tools this morning because to me, this is a picture of the church. This, this is what a church ought to look like. It ought to be everything all coming together as one. But, but I want to use some of them just for an example to kind of help because we're all different. You notice on your bulletin, you've got some, some different things, right? You've got different ways about how you serve. See, th this drawer right here, th this one's full of wrenches. This has got two box ends. Most of them are open-end box ends. This one's a half inch. See, the thing about a wrench, a wrench pretty much works by itself. I don't need anything else to make this work. It has the box in. It has the open end. You can flip it in tight spots. Now, some of you like me, and, and you get into bigger stuff, and you can't break it loose. Yes, we cheat. Yeah, amen. Everybody, oh, you need a little bit of help now. But, but in reality, these are designed, and there's everything from, I know, at least as small as a quarter inch up to there's an inch and a quarter there. So there's everything you need. There's metric, the next drawer up. It has got metric, and everything here in the metric goes to, I know, a 5.5, because I preached a message back in 2013 on a 5.5. You hardly ever use them. I don't know why they make it. But I know it goes at least, I think it's down to 4.5. It goes up to a 22, but they're the same. These are tools that are designed to be used. They, they work pretty much by themselves. They, they don't need a crowd. They don't need other stuff around. But, you know, unfortunately, there, there's other tools. There's, there's crescent wrenches. There's, oh, that one won't open. There, there's channel locks. There's all kind of pliers. And so reality, a lot of those tools, the channel locks, the crescent wrenches, those are things you have to use when the right tool isn't present. See, there, there lies a huge problem in the church. There's a lot of 9 sixteenths that ain't doing their job. There's a lot of three quarters that don't show up on Sunday. There's a lot of seven eighths that, that come about once a month and don't want to be involved in the ministry. So what happens when the seven eighths ain't here, but the seven eighths has got to be done, this guy's got to show up. And I'll be honest, this guy's great. He'll do everything he can to, to try to help. And there's different ones with different ways of adjustable. But the reality is anybody that works with him knows one thing. If you're not careful and the bolt's tight, you'll round the heads off. You know why? Because he's doing the best that he can, but that ain't what he's designed for. The 916s were designed. He's just trying. You take, you take some of these big channel locks. They're the same. The channel lock pliers are great. But most of the time, if you're using the channel lock, it's because you don't really have what you really need for the part. And you better have some good channel locks or they will slip and pinch your fingers and you'll speak in French. And it necessary. How many y'all know about some cheap channel locks, don't you? Go ahead, go ahead and get the good ones that'll grip some, save yourself some trouble. Screwdrivers, you flatheads, Phillips heads, square heads, star bits, they're all there. And, and all those, they're pretty much tools. They're designed that they work by themselves. They don't really, and that's how a lot of people are. 
I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't mean to be a loner, but I worked in the mobile home business my whole life. I worked manual labor and the hours I worked and the pace I worked. Anybody ever worked for me says they quit after about two weeks. And my family says I couldn't have no help because of the way it was. But I don't really know any different. So I'm bad to work by myself. Give me something to do and come back later. And just let me work. That, that, that's kind of me. But that is a terrible way to be in the ministry. Because the ministry is about pulling people along. The ministry is about others growing with you. So God had to break me from some of that and help me learn to be more like some of these other tools. See, over here, you got some sockets and ratchets. And man, this, this stuff is great. There's a full set of quarter inch. There's a full set of three-eighths drive. There's a full set of, of half inch. And, you know, you can take like this three-quarter socket, three-eighths drive. This can do things that a three-quarter inch can't do. Because sometimes the bolt's down in a hole. Somebody know what I'm talking about? And the wrench can't get in there. And, and, and sometimes you can get in and get on it. There's a little slot, but you can't turn it. So you need one of these guys because this socket will drop down in there in the hole and fit right on top of it. But that thing by itself is useless. See, you, you got to have another part. You got to have a ratchet. The ratchet's an incredible little tool. Man, it, you can wind stuff up, do stuff quick. But this thing by itself ain't worth toting around in the box. You got to have all the, I mean, this is all you need for the ratchet, but you got to have all this to have all the sockets make everything else work. But when you put them together, now you got something going on. Can I tell you another tool? Be honest, it is pretty much useless until the moment that you need it. Somebody tell me what this one is. Now, I would say the extension is useless, but I'm not the only one that took a hammer and used it for a punch. So it can have other, other possibilities. But in all honesty, by itself, that thing's not any good at all. See, this is a picture of Christians. Some of them will fit the bolt. They just can't turn it by themselves. Some of them got the power to turn it. They just need something that fits. Some of them really don't have a whole lot of options, but, but they are useful. And here's the reality about this extension. If I put that guy on it and that guy on it, it's the most valuable part of the three. Because down in that hole, there's no other way to get to it. If I take this guy out, I have nothing. Do you understand the importance of all the pieces working together? That's what a church is. That, that is everything. That is God building. That is God putting things together. We're each equipped as something different. You, you got little knuckle joints in case you need to get in crooked spots. Those are other things that will make you talk in French if you're not careful. So be careful with those. But they do have their purpose. But, but then you get to every man's favorite tool. And that's the power tool. Somebody got here. Oh, if anybody. Man, I, I remember. It's his fault. Man, you know, we didn't have power tools growing up. You break an axle or something on a mobile home, break a hub. I, you'd be laying in the mud up underground with a hacksaw and a three-inch piece of steel mower. 30 minutes later, man, you made it halfway through. Your arm is like butter about to fall off. We praise God for sawzalls. I mean, you take a sawzall, man, there is nothing you could. Actually, there's nothing you can do. I start to say nothing you can't do, but the reality is nothing that you can't do. Because that thing, even with the battery in it, you, you put the battery in it, you, you give it some power, you can make noise. But you can't accomplish anything unless you got all the other Christians around. But boy, if you got all the other Christians around, I mean, you got stuff in here. There's, there's nothing you can't do. You, you got metal cutting blades. You got demolition blades. You, you, you got, these are for cutting tree limbs. Um, you, you got 
Man, look, man, you, you talk about a bad boy for a demolition. Them jokers eat some stuff up. It doesn't matter what you need to cut. You need metal, you put a metal blade. You need wood, you put a wood blade. You need some of both. You're cutting wood, got nails in it. You put in demolition blades. You put whatever you want in that saw, it becomes a bad unit. See, when you take a group of Christians and you put a group of Christians together and they all go out to a nursing home, like-minded, and all they want to do is serve God and please God, and they're all focused on one thing, and that's just being a part. You put one person and heading up a ministry goes out, now you start accomplishing some stuff. You, you know, a skill saw is, is the same. You know, the, the blade I got on here now is just a standard wood cutting blade. It, it's great for, for cutting any kind of wood. Anybody ever had to build decks with a handsaw? Glory to God, thank you for power tools and air conditioning. Two of the greatest gifts to man. That and some medical stuff. But, but I, you know, I can take this same woodcutting blade. You know, I can flip it around and cut plexiglass. I, I can take a fine tooth blade and put it on here, and I can cut some trim. I can cut some, some tidy work, finishing up some doors and making some neat cuts and not leaving all the jagged edges at the rougher blades. I can take that fine blade and turn it around. You know, I can use this with that fine blade, turn around backwards, and I can cut glass. You know, I can take the same saw and put a different blade in it and cut concrete with the same thing I just cut glass with. Isn't it amazing how God has equipped the church? Isn't it amazing that each, each one of you has a part to, to be used? Man, the, the drill, I mean, what would we do without a drill? With a drill, it's useless unless you have boxes of these guys. But if you got boxes of these, just within these boxes right here, I can drill a hole from so small you can't see daylight through it up to an inch and a half. That's the biggest thing I got with me. So this is useless by itself. But when I start putting different size bits in it, I can accomplish a multitude of goals, right? What about this one? I can take it. Where'd it go? I can pair it with this guy, and I can bore a hole through an 8 by 8 I can bore a hole through a telephone pole, put bolts through it, put wires through it. I, I, can, I can partner it with this guy right here, and I can drill a 5 16 hole up to 4 foot. Because all about... We, I, needed to, I needed to bore a hole under concrete. I had eight foot of concrete I needed to get under. So I bought this guy. See, this thing is useless by itself. But when I take it and put it with something like this and combine it with a battery, now all of a sudden I can make a hole six feet long in the ground. My problem was I needed to get further than that. So anybody know what we had with the ratchets a while ago? What is that? That's an extension. That would be a really good punch because you'd wind up hitting your hand on that one. This thing by itself is just a useless piece of metal. But if I put this in in the drill and put that in on that, I now have a tunnel under eight foot of concrete with a piece of pipe in there where I can pull my wires under my concrete. Do you understand what the church ought to look like? The, the most used tool on our trucks when I was a mobile, well, it still is, it is the impact wrenches. This is a little three-eighths. The, the half inch is the one you normally use because it's bigger stuff. But this is the one the mechanic would mostly use. Because, see, this over here, this, this is awesome. And, and certainly, this is faster than, than the wrench, right? Versus flipping it over and flipping. Dang, none of it is fast as that. Popping them out. Do you know one of the things that's important about all of these tools over here is the batteries. All of them are amazing. 
All of them do an incredible job, especially when paired with the right other Christians. When they're compared or when they're paired up with the right other parts, they're amazing. Unless the batteries run down. See, power tools are only good as long as the battery's charged. That's why it's important every single night to charge the batteries. See, Christians, some guys are just out of energy. You're always tired. You're always feeling defeated. You're always feeling run down. You're not charging your batteries. When you get up in the morning, if you didn't read your Bible, where do you think you got your energy from? Good night alive it got quiet in the house on Sunday morning. When you get up on Monday morning and you head out to work and you feel run out of spiritual energy and you spent no time praying before you left the house, where do you think you were getting the energy from? Sorry, guys, I know a lot of you on vacation. God bless you, but those that ain't, you're sitting at home watching on a live stream. You just picked a bad day to miss. You don't come to church on Sunday and you run out of steam before you get back the next Sunday. Where do you expect to get your charge from? Let me ask a fair question. Everybody going to participate? Everybody listen? Everybody wait? How many of you in here use a cell phone every day? Yeah, I saw a couple of hands walking up. I was fixing to call you out by name. I mean, that's the way of life. Is that not like the tool? I mean, you, we use them for tape measures. We use them for our camera. Every once in a while, we use them for communication. We, we use, we, I, I said, hey, Siri. How many of those phones just buzzed? May I help you? Yes. Ride down the road, question. I mean, man, we use that thing for, we use it for playing games. We, we use it to answer questions that we don't know. Man, the phone, is that not an amazing tool? How good is it if it's dead? Pocket weight. It's useless. Let me ask you a question. Knowing the importance of your phone in your life. Well, our phone, I can't leave me out of that one. Knowing the importance of our phone in our life, do we ever dare not charge our phone? I mean, the new cars has got the spot. You get in it, it connects to the phone. The phone drives, help them drive the car, and you lay it down right there on a little charging pad. It keeps your phone charged up because they know when you're driving, you're going to use it all the time. It takes care of your maps. It takes care of your music. It takes care of answering questions. I mean, you ride around talking to your car. I love that because used to, I'd get caught talking to myself. Now, whenever I get caught, I just pretend like I'm talking to the car. How good is the phone if it's dead, none. See, that's what deflated Christianity is. We've got everything to live for. We've got everything to work for. We've got a God to serve that created us to serve with a purpose. We are a 9 16th wrench designed to be a 9 16th wrench. We are a three-quarter socket. We are what we are. This church is full of everything. This is a picture of a church fully fit. Fully put together. Everything that I need to accomplish a task is right here in this set of boxes. There's pretty much nothing that I cannot accomplish right here. That's what the church is supposed to be in the hand of God. That's how ministries out there are supposed to work. That's why when there's sign-up sheets for ministries, they ought to be full of names. Because there's people out there that that's their part. That's what they fit. And that's how we're supposed to serve. That's how we're supposed to work. Let me give you one more picture and I'll move on. 
How many of you believe that a riding lawnmower is an incredible gift? Thank you, Jesus. I saw something up there I really didn't need to see. I saw one with a cab with air conditioning, bro. A diesel lawnmower with a cab. I'm like, man, that's got my name on it. It don't have my price tag on it, though. It's got a house payment on it. But, man, that's like the baddest thing on the planet. So if you had that mower and, and you had the cab and the air condition, I mean, how useful would that thing be if it didn't have a motor? Well, that ain't much, is it? So how useful would it be if you had that one and you had a good diesel motor on it? Now you get somewhere, right? But it don't have any blades. Well, that's pretty good for transportation. I guess you can ride it around, but it ain't going to do much for your grass. Eventually, you're going to get to the grass because it's tall. You can't ride around in it. But, but what about if you had that mower and it had a, a, a motor and it had brand new blades on it, but it didn't have any belts? Or maybe you had that mower and it had a, a good motor on it and it had brand new belts and it had brand new blades and, and, and it didn't have any tires or wheels. See, see, you can break that down as many ways as you want to. It's not going to change anything. You don't have to be everything. You just have to do your part. And, and, and if, if we were like a, a mower and God was tending the field and, and we're missing parts, how beneficial is something if all the parts aren't present? You know, it's something else that, that is about the tools, and, and it's true with every tool in the box. It requires power from an outside source. Nothing has the power within itself to accomplish anything. I know that the drill has the battery and the battery gives us some power and I can tell the drill to jump up and go over there and tighten that screw in the floor. But I'll be honest, I ain't really expecting it to go do nothing. In, in order for that thing to do any work, it's got to be in the hand of somebody that knows what they're doing. See, the, the wrenches, they're in there. This, this can't do any more than the knowledge and the strength of the one holding it. Oh, somebody listen. This is going to be good for somebody. See, I, I can hand this to somebody that doesn't have a clue what to do with a 7 8 wrench. They have no wisdom, no knowledge of it, and, and they've not done anything. But if, if I tell them, hey, look, man, I need you to just tighten this. This is a 7 8 wrench. If you just put this on it and tighten it, now all of a sudden they can do it, right? Because it took some little bit of help. If, if I take something this size and hand it to a one-year-old, it's probably useless. You know why? Because if it's that big, it's probably too tight for a one-year-old to break loose. But if I hand it to a one-year-old and say, look, put it right here, put it on that. And, and then I put my hand on the end and help him. Now it has the knowledge and it has the power. That's what you and I are in the hand of God. You don't have to know how to do everything. You don't have to have the strength to do everything. You just got to trust the one that called you to do it. We just got to trust the one that, that put us into it. We, we just have to be willing to allow God to use us. Nothing can be any better or any stronger than the hand that's holding it. It's true in the church. That's why God designed us to be different. 
God, God designed the church to reach the world. God designed the church. We are the bride of Christ. We die here, we go to heaven. Praise God. But we got a work to do here. And the more work we do here, the more go to heaven with us when we go. The goal is to build the kingdom. The, the goal is not to come in here and, and I shouldn't say get fat, dumb, and happy. Maybe my myrtle all stretched out, but that's not the goal. The, the goal is, God, what can I do for you? How can I serve you in here? How can I serve you out there? How can I serve you on my job? How can I serve you at a doctor's office? How can I serve you at the gas station? God, how can you use me? To everybody, there's a purpose. And we don't wind up, if we're following what God says do, we don't accidentally wind up in places. We wind up where God purposes us. And God has prepared something around us that needs us. Remember we talked about it last week. God, some, somebody somewhere needs exactly what you are. So, somebody needs you. We are created for his glory. We looked at Revelation 4.11 last week. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. All things are created for his pleasure, but with a purpose. Everything has a purpose. From, from the smallest little microfiber cell to the greatest thing on this planet to the stars beyond, everything has a purpose. And God designed you and I to be used for his purpose. Band, you guys come on up. You know, I, I saw something this week. It, it, was, it was cool. I, I am growing. Y'all would be so proud of me. Okay, you wouldn't, but I, I'm, I'm not a tech-savvy guy. Y'all know that, but I mean, I actually accomplished sending Dale those pictures from, from Pastor Woody Mangalot on Instagram. Didn't even know I could do that. No, I didn't. I sent them on Messenger. Yeah. I knew I could do stuff on Messenger, though. That's how I communicate through um, What's my little favorite site on there? Facebook? Huh? Marketplace. Yeah, he knows. Buy and sell. But I've got Instagram because I wanted to be able to see the church ads. Man, I love what these guys are doing. I love the ads. Are putting all this stuff. So I, I like seeing what the church is doing. I noticed a lot of you guys have got on there. I got like 50-something followers. In case y'all notice, I haven't done anything, so you ain't following much. I just have it. But, but I was looking... And I saw this guy dump three bags of dice on a table. Anybody seen the guy dumping the bags of ice on the, uh, uh, the dice? You know, little dice, like you role play dice. Anybody seen that on Instagram? Y'all ain't seen that? Holy smokes. Dell, I should have sent it and had you put it up. Dude's got three big bags of, of, of black dice. And he dumps them on a table and he starts at the end. And he starts with the number ones. And he puts all the ones and twos and threes and fives and sixes. And he, he puts everything. And when he gets through, he's got, oh, it's like a four by five picture of a lion. He does another one. And, and with, with another couple bags, he's got a picture of, um, what's the pirate dude? Johnny, Johnny Depp. He's got a picture. He's done with dice. I start looking at pictures, and man, there are some incredible puzzles out there. I mean, there's beautiful pictures, there's beautiful stuff. And you know what I noticed about every single puzzle? Even the ones with 30,000 pieces, if one piece is missing, it's not complete. 
if one piece is missing, there is a hole in the puzzle. So it doesn't matter how amazing it is. It doesn't matter how beautiful the picture it is. It doesn't matter how much it could accomplish. If one piece is missing, it is not complete. I wonder how incomplete the church really is as a whole. I'm not talking about faith. I'm talking about the church. I wonder how many missing pieces just aren't plugging in. I wonder how many missing pieces think this is all about them. I'm sorry, but it's not. It was all about you and you were lost. Jesus Christ, it was all about you on the cross. And now it's all about using you on the other side of Calvary. Amen. I wonder how many, I wonder how many pieces are missing. There, there, there's so much mentality of I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You don't have to. You just have to let God do it through you. There's, there's so much mentality of, you know, it's bigger than me. That's too much for me. I don't really like that. I don't do that. Listen, in order to be used by God, we don't have to be anything great. All we have to be is available. God's already made us to be the part that he needs. All he needs is for the part to surrender so he can be used. See, here's, here's what I believe. With all my heart. God will answer the prayer of Faith Baptist Church. God will use this church to reach that town. God will use this church to reach the lost out there for the glory of God. God will use this church to feed the hungry in that town. God will use this church to help mend the broken in that town. Help to the helpless, hope to the hopeless, to the orphan and to the widow. God has commissioned the church to be that. And I don't believe the church can pray in any capacity and ask God to be used out there to reach that world and God not answer that prayer. That means God's going to answer the prayer. And God's going to make a difference in this town. And not just with this church, but whoever we'll incorporate with. All the brothers and sisters in Christ to partner together to make a difference in our hometown for the glory of God. That's our purpose. That's our goal. I, I'm just... I, well, I'm, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I won't put you on the spot. It's a fair question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand on this one. Do you believe you have a purpose? Raise your hand if you believe you have a purpose. You believe that God designed you for a purpose and somewhere in all this is you. One of these, doesn't matter which one. It, it doesn't matter if it's one of the most used in the truck to the 5.5 socket that hardly ever gets taken out. We believe that we're one of these pieces designed by God to be used by God. The question is, do you want to be used by God? Because Jesus said, forget about yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. You, you want God to bless you, then focus on blessing others. You want God to change things in your life, then spend your time praying for others. We want God to bless this church and do mighty things in this church, then focus on taking care of others, not self. When we become inward focused, we die. You can put everything in right here, 
I'm going to make it all about me. Put all that in there. Put it in. Put padlocks on it. It's all about me. This is the church. And I'm not taking none of it out. That's what we're going to do. How much good is that? Everything there is, is everything necessary is there to accomplish the job. But it's locked up because I'm all about me. They ain't nobody be using my stuff. How good is it? But if we open all the doors and say, here I am, Lord. This is all that I am. Matter of fact, there ain't no toolbox complete without a light. You got to have a light. Everything, especially now that I can't see nothing, right? God, let your light shine in me. My, my, it's open. The church is open. Take me and use me as you will. Use me for your glory. I just want to serve you in my life. Is that us? Is that us? This morning, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, go ahead and stand up. These guys are going to sing. I, I want us to pray together. It doesn't matter to me where you pray. You're welcome to come to the altar. You're welcome to pray. It doesn't matter. I want us to pray together. God, make me a usable vessel. I just want to be used by you. Is that your heart's desire? I mean, do you really want that? Is that, is that your heart's desire for God to use you to be a blessing to somebody else, to add to his kingdom? You know what's crazy about that? We're just like that wrench. We have no wisdom and we have no strength of our own. It is God's wisdom and God's strength that takes the wrench in his hand and uses it. And then he's going to reward you abundantly just for allowing yourself to be used. He'll reward you on this earth. He'll reward us in heaven. Go ahead and sing, guys.